Welcome, everybody, to If I May, a podcast with me, Dylan, an average guy, along with three of my average friends, Kyle, Nick, and Brent. Tonight, we're going to talk about different topics while interrupting as politely as possible. This is episode 44. All right. So we're also going to blow each other's ears, our listeners' ears off tonight. That's right. You said you wanted a little bit more tonight, and I gave it. Gave it all. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Tonight is review night. We're going to review anything and everything. And if we think of something along the way that we need to review, we'll review it. Let's start by reviewing. Wait, wait. If I may, we have to set up the rules. It's either a Zaru bust or a Zaru plus. No, no, no. This is review night. Nick Nick is not against the Zaru, is, is against the Zaru bust, Zaru plus. So, which is why we have to do it, right? Brent, you can do it, but Nick and Dylan, you will and be I the only one to. doing it. I want to see you guys. <laughs> All right. So the, the parameters for this are: we talking about just like reviewing over sports, what's in the news, um, politics? Like, what are we talking about? Tonight? Anything has potential as long as it's interesting. And Game of Thrones okay. will be reviewed. We will talk I mean, about season one, yeah. the season eight, episode one. There will be spoilers. We will hold that for the very last topic, though. So we like should last, also just we'll give a warning. Too. Yeah, yeah. So if I may, we'll we'll do that one at the very end. We'll give a warning. So if you have not seen season eight, episode one, or through that, uh, do not listen to the rest of that. Or I apologize. Like you're just going to ruin it for the rest of your life. You you don't want any spoilers. So first I mean, rest of your up life. Wow. is Dylan's intro. How do we think that went? Was well, awfully energetic. I thought so. I tried to be a little bit extra tonight. He was he was a smidge close to the mic, but to be fair to him, he nailed it first try. But I was clicking in the background, and so I was like, "Crap, we got to redo it." And we redid it, and he got he put more into it. But it was a little too much. The, the trick is when you get very excited and you want to start yelling, you got to back your mouth away from the microphone so you don't blow your microphone out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So what do you guys want to start off with review night? A little extra. Uh, Brent, well, what do you got? I'm going to review lights. Uh, this past week, we went to Minneapolis for a little fun get together. And I have to say... I'm kind of sick of planes. I'm going to have to say going on something like Spirit Airline, they get a poor <laughs> review from me. First Why? off, what was, what was bad about them? First off, the seats don't recline. Oh, we're going to no. be on a plane for three hours. You want the seat. Second, and this is not necessarily their fault, but the way they handle it is their fault. Uh, I get what? on the, well, so I'm flying to Minneapolis. And of course, in April, I'm glad you asked. Minneapolis <laughs> has to has to snow, right? Because why not just be not done with winter? Let's have eternal winter, <laughs> kind of like the North. Winter anyway, so so I, I was planning on, on going and getting there Thursday at a, a reasonable time, or actually Wednesday night, honestly, at a reasonable time. Oh, that's and, good. If I may, we wouldn't want to lie to the listeners. We better keep it honest. Yes, they need to know that because it makes so much sense. Well, anyway, so I, I get there and they delayed the flight and they delayed it again and they canceled, which it happens. But normally I feel like if a flight gets canceled, you'd want something like, hey, some there's a place for you to stay. We'll give you sorry. our room. Well, they gave me, they got me on a, a, a next flight, which was a day later, which was fine. 
But then they also uh, just gave me like, here's 20 bucks of food vouchers and good luck on your own in Vegas. Like sending 20 poor bucks me out Vegas. to the cold. Like, I don't know. Um, so, so if I, I may, the, the, air, the airline definitely let you down. To be slightly fair to Spirit, they are one of the cheaper airlines. So like, I mean, it's kind of the... Like you got, I mean, I took the cheapest flight I could as well, but you take a cheap flight, you got to expect cheaper service. But uh, to review your, you in that situation, if I were stranded in Vegas for a night, I would only be semi-functional the next day. If I was stuck there <laughs> for 24 hours and there's nothing else to do, I would be taking an Uber to the strip. I would be having a great time, maybe not even sleeping. And as long as I'm if functional... I Enough I would like the second to that get on an airplane. We're good. Yeah, what a catastrophe! Getting stuck be in sleeping. Vegas. I would not be sleeping the night I was stuck in Vegas. All right, but uh, if you're in Vegas yourself, are you gonna have as good a time as yes. if? Like, I feel like if I'm in Vegas, I want maybe share not it with as friends. good of time, but you're gonna have a good time. <laughs> uh, if I may, if if you're riding an airline and you're I would totally expect you to not be able to recline your seat very far. Like all of them, all of the seats recline a little bit. But you really can't expect much from the seat reclining. The record, uh, if I may, I, I think anyone who actually uses the ability to recline your seat, uh, if the other person behind you is not reclining your seat and you recline your seat, I, I consider you blatantly rude. Oh, I had I had this one time on the flight where I was leaning forward because I have a heart. My neck gets pretty bad on flights, so I was like, I'm gonna try and sleep, but I'm gonna lean forward on the other person's chair in front of me. And then this guy, not meaning to, just like shifts around and just whacks my head. Like, oh, <laughs> oh no! Totally got what I deserve there. Like I, I get it. That made sense. I, I, I know we've talked about up. this before, but I am a big aircraft chair recliner person. If I have the ability to recline, I'm pretty much going to recline. I do understand if I'm watching a movie or something or playing a game, I pop that thing back straight. Like I'm not. If I'm reclining, I'm sleeping. If I'm not sleeping, then no, that's not cool. But uh, I'm a big recliner. Yeah. Also, like, 30, I, I think Spirit did what they could. I think the thing that got me was just 30 hours of travel for a three and a half hour flight, which it should have been, was just a little bit too much for me. And I missed out on some good times in Minnesota. So that was kind of a bummer. And but you missed yourself out on good times in Vegas. Yeah. I guess so. So, uh, <laughs> Nick, what do you what do you want to review tonight? What's your, your reviewer? I just want to review Game of Thrones primarily, but we'll we'll hold that till the end. Um, I think we all do. I think we all do. So, one of the activities we did while Kyle and Brent were visiting Minneapolis was going to Top Golf, and my first time going to Top Golf was actually with Megan. And she took me there for, uh, or not for Valentine's Day, but after Valentine's Day, uh, when we got a cheap night on Tuesdays, they're like half off or something. So it was a good deal too. But uh, she and I went there, checked it out, had a blast. Uh, my dad is rather excited at the prospect of uh, coming to visit us in Minneapolis and going to Top Golf as well. He's a big golfer. So uh, we had the opportunity to go to Top Golf. There's only one in Minneapolis, it's in the Northwest area. I live in the Southwest, but it was still a bit of a hike to get there. We were planning on going on Saturday, a very busy day. Naturally, uh, we called to ask, you know, like, Hey, what's the estimated weight if we are to show up randomly? Um, the context of needing to call is they do take reservations. 
However, the reservations are online only. And there no, is in a person future- only. Oh, I see what you're saying. Never mind. Continue. Sorry. To say, seems you have quite a lot of inside knowledge there, sir. If you'd like me to finish my, my I thought you were talking about calling I'll, to I'll do a you, reservation. I'll bring you full but circle. I'm, I'm I'll bring you. you. I got you. I got I'll you. feed you, baby bird. Don't worry. You keep chirping. Aww. Um, at any rate, um, for reservations, <laughs> they only take them. Ah, yes, nice. Uh, for reservations, they only take them online, and there's a fifty dollar fee that doesn't go towards your time in the booth. Like if wow. you were charged $50 and that went towards your fee, that would make sense. But no, it's $50 for the right to reserve a time slot of your choosing. And they only reserve one week in advance. Um, and it, it gets pretty crowded pretty quickly, evidently. So I said, screw that. If they take walk-ins, we'll figure it out. I called like 10, 11 in the morning, I think maybe a little later, but not much. Uh, on Saturday. Yeah. And then on Saturday, uh, and they said it was like a five hour wait. So we planned it out to go there and get in line, uh, essentially. Not that we wanted to stay in line for the full five hours, but you have to physically go there. And then once you're there, they take your information and they, they have your cell phone number and they'll text you when your bay is ready. And they were estimating five, six hours, basically, which is crazy. Uh, but we timed it out around five or six o'clock to go. And we figured, OK. Uh, for something to do, we'll go watch a movie. We'll review the movie later. Um, but that was just our our starting situation. We get to Top Golf after the movie and proceed to have a, a good time. I think we had one of the side booths, uh, the furthest, the second furthest, most right. So if I and may, it's important. real quick, hold on, before we get too far into that, let's explain what Top Golf is. I guess Brent, this was your first experience at a Top Golf. Why don't you like? Because Brent and Nick and I have both been there. I guess Dylan, have you been to a Top Golf? Um, I was actually going to ask the same thing. I've never been to a Top Golf. I kind of know what it is. There's one right downtown Nashville. Yeah, and I was so, going to say the same thing that a lot of people don't understand what Top Golf is. Yeah, so Brent, as the the newbie to Top Golf, why don't you go ahead and explain what Top Golf is? All right. So first off, I just want to make the point that it seems like in Minneapolis, at least uh, there's another mini indoor mini golf place that I've been to that has five hour waits. It seems like waiting for a long time to do stuff with golf. And the Twin Cities is just the thing to do. But anyway, so what Top Golf is is really quite the organization. I mean, it's it's an impressive display. You walk in, they have a, a full bar restaurant from the looks of it that people can just hang out, like sports bars, as nice as any I've seen. Uh, and then there's a bunch of different docks, a bunch of different loading bays, almost where there's usually either chair or table, and then you can go to a giant, basically driving range. It's a driving uh, range, yeah. But it's not just like any driving. Like a lot of driving ranges, they have a few different spots. Let's say like 150 or 200. This is one of like the fanciest driving ranges I've ever seen. There's these targets that they've set up all over the driving range of different colors that are probably a certain set distance away. But um, instead of just having your your driving range as a one level you're up like nick said multiple levels so you could be hitting a shot and someone's literally below you and you can see like these two golf balls flying out at the same time which was wild but um instead of just you know everybody in your party goes at the same time you take turns playing these games that work i from there's like a chip in the ballers kyle can explain that yeah so there's an rfid chip in the ball in every single ball and when you you wave your club over a little sensor, 
uh, to get a new ball. And that new ball gets imprinted with a, a tag or something that it now knows that's your ball. And when you smack the ball uh, downrange, there's these targets set up all over the place that are like literally in the ground. So it looks like a green, except there's uh, like bullseye looking things where there's like netting in the areas that you'd have bullseyes, but on the ground. So you're, you're essentially playing ski ball, except with golf balls and golf clubs. So you're smacking these balls that are RFID chipped to your, to you. And wherever they land, they get red. And then depending on how close to the center, as well as how far away the hole is from the driving range line, uh, you get more points. So it, it, that's pretty sweet. Uh, it, there's, there's, the main game mode is just top golf, I think, where you Correct. literally just what was that? Correct. It is called yeah. The main game mode where you just any any target that you hit is worth points is just top golf. Yeah. So you just smack the ball. If you land anywhere, you're gonna get points. So that's great for pretty much anybody. Uh, that's the, if you if you go there for the first time, just start with that one and smack the crap out of some balls until you're having a good time. And then decide if you want to try to mess with some of the other games. Uh, one of the other ones that's fun is, I forgot exactly what it's called, but basically it tells you which target to go to. It's like, you know, hit the red target, hit top the shot. yellow target, top shot. Yes, you're right. So it's a, it's a high-tech so driving range. As an amateur, you, I'd usually be hitting the middle ones, which is probably like 120 yards away or whatever. Except for the one time we played this, the game Kyle was talking about where you have to aim for specific ones. The only time I could hit the super far one, the the target that's as far away as possible, was the time I was supposed to hit the closest target, so I lost a bunch <laughs> of points. Uh, but no, it was really fun. I loved it. You know, someone's golfing, the rest of you, like the other people are just sitting back enjoying either a drink or some food and relaxing. They have to watch people golf. It's really fun. I, I really it, like It's that. great with a group of at least three or four. Uh, you can have up to six in a bay, I think, is what they technically allow. I think I've seen them have more. It's just a matter of, you know, talking to them nicely and not being jerks about your space. But, uh, and it's also, it's especially in the mornings, it's really affordable. I think it's, it, you pay per hour for the full bay. So like 20, I think it gets more and more expensive the later in the day you go. It's like uh, opening to noon is a certain rate and then noon to five is a certain rate and then five to close is another rate. So there's like three tiers of how expensive it is to, to golf there. But if you go in the morning, it's like 25 bucks an hour. And so you split that between four or five people. That's a pretty cheap time for a lot of fun and a lot of ball smacking. So if I, if I may, the reason the pricing tiers are, are like they are is because of their setup. Top golf is a driving range, a, a premium driving range, as well as a sports bar. Uh, they have a separate sports bar section with all the TVs you can imagine. But even in each individual bay that supports six people or, or more, if they were to allow it or whatever, in each bay, they have like three TVs as well as the screen that shows the scores of the game that you, you choose to play. Uh, there are several types of bays in the center. There's like a standing table that again has six seats. Uh, it's a little more cramped, but on the sides they actually have, uh, which is where we luxury. got just conveniently like luxury couches that you just get to hang out on and they have a standing table as well. And for whatever reason, just we got slotted on the side, which was very nice and uh, had the couch set up, which was really, really cool. But the, it's, it's a sports bar and driving range combo. Uh, if you, uh, you are good at golf, it's a lot of fun to compete with the little games you can play. And there's all kinds of options. If you're horrible at golf and just want to hit a ball, 
uh, whether it's pretty or not. Uh, you can play top golf and just swing the club and see how far you go. Or if you're able to hit any targets, awesome. They have carts going around picking up all the balls, of course. So uh, if you hit the cart, you can play little games amongst yourselves. That's not a, a technically a top <laughs> golf game by any means. But, uh, but if you I hit a moving target. We had a standing rule that if any of us hit the cart, it would be a shot. Uh, we never did. Uh, although, technically, the cart was moving, and my ball went into the front section of the cart that was moving. So it hit the moving apparatus, but it didn't hit the cart. It hit the part that was picking up the balls as my ball was still rolling. So um, I, I, I didn't count it. I didn't count it, but it could have. So <laughs> what I'm getting is that it's a mix between golf, obviously, um ski ball like you said with the individual targets and bowling where everyone has takes a turn and it keeps track of your score yeah but like i think there's there's 20 balls per game for most games anyway and so like if you really wanted to i could do we could all do three 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 four like you could do all 20 and then have the next guy do all 20 you just kind of break it up however you feel like breaking it up gotcha okay so nick you you said you went down uh in minneapolis you had a five-hour wait and then you went and watched a movie you went to the movie theater like Instead of waiting the five hours on premise, once you give them your information in place physically. So we called ahead and they wouldn't accept that I wanted to be in line. But if you physically go there and sign up, then you can leave after that. And then you just have to respond to a text. Yeah, they give you two texts. They'll give you one text like saying your bay is almost ready. You have five minutes to get here. And they send you one more text saying your bay. Oh, no, they said your bay is almost ready. So we started driving back to the place at that point and then they'll give you one more text saying your bay is ready you have five minutes meet, to claim meet it. a person there waiting for you blah yeah. blah blah five uh-huh. minutes to claim otherwise they would call the next person well it was a a very good experience i would say and as far as uh, a rating uh I, i'm a huge fan of top golf it's uh, a little expensive. Golf is an expensive sport, and we went to the latest slot because it's a sports bar slash driving range. Um, so if I were marking it on like an app as far as a full review, uh, marking how pricey it is and how good it is, uh, 10 out of 10, five stars, whatever you want to call it, uh, I absolutely give it that. Uh, food was fantastic. Environment was fantastic. You had music. You had uh, sports on TV, and you're, you're going out and hitting some golf balls. Very, very cool. Had a, had a great time. And I would say it's expensive, but not horrible. Like if it's, you had, it's about what you'd like, expect for for the three of us. We each had a full meal. We had an extra like queso appetizer, and we got two or three drinks each. And we had two hours of play time. So for all that, it was like two hundred bucks. So it, it's it's pricey, but it's reasonable. Especially if you went earlier in the day, it would be even more reasonable. Yeah, that's absolutely. what I heard is that it's about a uh, hundred dollars a day for Top Golf. Or hundred dollars per hour for top golf. If you do um, um, drinks and food, and not yet. The only complaint yeah. I have is more personal of just how pitiful I'm at golf. I was holding <laughs> the club way too hard, and I have a nice blister just right in the middle of my hand. But that's more of a, a me problem than top golf's problem. That so. brings up an interesting question. Do you are you, obviously you can bring your own clubs, but the, do they have rentals there that you can use? They they have them automatically set up at each bay. They have. Women's oh, okay. and men's so right-handed. The yeah, they have women right and uh, women's and men's right, uh, right-handed clubs. Just like they have like things made into the bays to hold them naturally. And then there's like three or four golf caddy storage areas where if you bring your own clubs, you can drop them in there. And because Brent was a lefty, they brought in they had a extra store like the uh, caddy bag a few of left-handed. left-handed sets. Yeah, exactly. 
Ooh. Brought my own clubs though, for the record, uh, because I do have a nice set that I like to practice with. Gotcha. Well, I've got a. a are you guys ready to move on to another topic? Sure, we'll do no, another. Uh, so, I've got, what's our overall review any. for? We we should be giving these stars or or Z's or something. Well, Nick Nick rated it already. Nick's a five out of five. Ten out of ten. Brent, what's your what's your top golf rating? I guess me personally, I'd, go probably, I'd throw I'd it. Go in. Probably. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I saw that you're muted, so I just started talking. No, no, no. I I, <laughs> I got it. Um, I'd say probably four and a half out of five, just because of the, um, my blister. I don't know. And it was a little pricey, but other than <laughs> that, you, like, you took like, the company was, down uh, because you got a blister. It was a great time. <laughs> they should have gave me gloves. I don't know. They could have prevented it. Or I could have prevented it. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a great that. place. You got noodle hands. I would, holding the club I would definitely go back. Probably not every weekend, but I definitely would try it again. That was a lot of fun. All right. Go ahead, guys. So today... Then, well, real quick, my rating. I'll give it 9 out of 10. Uh, it was 10 out of 10 during it, but right now I'm a little sore, so I'll jump it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing I was doing. Four and a half, nine. It's the same. All right, go ahead, Dylan. All right. So today, I've, I actually saw something that was really interesting that caught my attention. That It's something that I wouldn't normally click on, but I was like intrigued. And it's a website called uh, hushhush.com. So I would like all three oh, of you guys to go check this out. And it's I, it's not porn. It sounds like it would be, but it's not. Uh, the way it was labeled, it was in my news feed, and it's called hushhush.com. And what it is is Amazon. It's basically an Amazon.com for billionaires. So I'll, let me, I'll, I'll just like let you guys check that out real Interesting. quick. Interesting. Like, like the number, the, so first, it's, the very first listing is a $92,750 18 carat white gold necklace with aquamarine 39.1 carat. Oh my God. Jesus. This is a, it's an amazon.com for billionaires. All right. So all the stuff like you can go there and buy like sports cars, yachts, helicopters. Like I like, obviously you kind of know that these sites exist and that there's people out there that are so rich that they need stuff like this, where you can go. It's like a place where you can go and buy stuff. But like I've never actually like seen one of these sites myself. Like it's not something I would just go normally go and check out. So like some this like caught my attention today. I was like, I want to see what pe- what billionaires are buying these days. If I were a billionaire, you need a nine hundred thousand dollar watch. Here you go, dude. Like, I need this painting that's fifty eight thousand six hundred twenty five dollars. It's a yeah. They've board. got art really on cool. there. Like anything you can think of, it's on there, and it's all like super like crazy expensive. Um, but anyways, on there, another part that caught caught my attention, it was another um, news feed that was linked to HushHush.com. Um, basically, a billionaire posted an ad for a, a event coordinator. He's trying to f- uh, hire an event coordinator to um, design and create a real-life battle royale uh, on, a, on his private island. And basically, he's willing to pay the event coordinator $60,000 to set up this event. And basically, uh, people will be dropped on this island, and they'll have three Do they days. Do parachute in? Uh, I, I don't know, <laughs> but they'll, they'll be on this island for three days, um, and they're playing with airsoft guns and, and uh, full-body armor suits that basically let the computers know that they've been hit. Um, and then... Basically, they battle for three days, and they battle for 12 hours a day. Um, so during the day, they battle, and then they camp out wherever they're at for, for the remaining night until the next day. This is basically Hunger Games, um, 
Except it, that's exactly what it is. And the winner, the winner gets a hundred thousand dollars. And I actually, I think it's euros, a hundred thousand euros. So it's a hundred. It's like uh, one twenty, one thirty, something like that. Yeah, like a lot of money. So some billionaires made this event on this website that people can go. And right now he's just looking for the event coordinator. And then once he figures out, finds someone that can like make this happen, then he'll open it up for participants. And they've got like pictures of the island and it's like down in the like the Caribbean somewhere. So it's, it looks really interesting. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of my review. I was like just something I saw today that I was just like, we need to talk because it's like so crazy first off the lifestyle that you even need a website to like buy whatever you want and then second this like event that some some billionaires just decided like you know what i just really want people i don't want to see people battle it out and see who can win so i think that'll be really interesting are you guys just browsing the site right now i am 100 percent just browsing (laughs) i'm trying to find the cheapest possible yacht i could buy (laughs) <laughs> right, right I was now, looking at my heli- the all the low price right all the low price uh yachts are all concepts so it's like this is still a concept uh we'll let you know when we can like if you're interested in it then we can sell it to you it's like like it, it turns out the highest or the most expensive rolex you can buy right now on the site is ninety one thousand for a watch did you know, guys, that if you buy a plane, you can get it, uh, return it within 14 days of delivery? Ooh, that's good. I did not. <laughs> so you, you like actually I a couple of times that. and then because celebrities were basically taking a, they're renting a plane to like show themselves in their personal plane on Instagram and all the celebrities rid of it. it. And then they'd return it. I think so the planes have to be the most expensive thing because there's no price to get on it. Like really? all the other stuff, even the yachts have like, oh yeah, you can buy this for a hundred million dollars, or like a hundred thousand dollars. That's a million. I don't know, whatever. Well, this but then Boeing the planes Disney have nothing. Sixty-seven million. Uh, maybe I have to refresh. But no, this is impressive. Uh, <laughs> I don't see myself needing like I found a diamond and ruby a and emerald uh, Rubik's cube. I don't think anyone needs that. Well, be careful because earlier today I had an Enzo Ferrari in my in my checkout bag. So <laughs> it, it almost got me. I almost hit go. Yeah, I almost owed someone ninety one million. <laughs> Could have been awesome. That would be life. Like, can you imagine accidentally buying a yacht? I don't I, know what I would I, do. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I do make some money, but not that. Not that. I can't do that. I really didn't mean to buy this yacht for one hundred. $192 million. My bad. If sir, your think. credit cards is, uh, st- your, your uh, limit, yeah. you're a little bit past your limit, sir. If I may, <laughs> I, I did, I did see something interesting regarding like things you can't afford and, uh, like student debt. And that's something we talked about and people in our generation are certainly dealing with currently. Uh, the thing I saw though, was there was a woman who was selling, what was the terminology and I'm blanking on the terminology. It was selling stock or in like selling stock in her future earnings student. She's got a good degree and she's got an okay job, but she has a ton of student loans. And what she was doing was saying, okay, if you give me $20,000 now, I will give you 2% of my income for 30 years. 
Dude, this or, or whatever like it is, but basically, deal. nor those numbers because I made them up. But you get the concept where they will they will essentially pay your student loans and then you will be giving them a percent of your salary. So hopefully you find ideally someone who's driven and wants to have a great career and you basically say, okay, yep, I will, I will pay your student loans and you will give me a percent of your, it's, I get, it's like, I get like to this. see your W2 every single year and I get certain percentage of that. And you get X percent. And uh, it, as it's, it, I think it works pretty well in concept because you're you're buying a stake in someone, and if someone wants to improve their lifestyle, which hopefully if they went to college, they got a degree, they want to do well, they want to have a good job, um, then they would want to improve their life. And by improving their life with this agreement, they don't have to worry about student loans, and you are then cashing in on a percentage of their earnings. And it it could be a lifetime thing, it could be a thirty year thing. I, I don't I didn't read into the absolute you know finite details of everything but i thought it was a really interesting concept i mean it's it's kind of it's not unlike having uh you know dividends or stock in, in an organization you, you assume that the organization is going to do everything it can to succeed to help itself and as part of owning them you get a a piece of that so it was it was a really interesting concept are we reviewing like that it. system what's our what's our review on that system Sorry, it was less of a review item, more of a. I <laughs> I saw say, how, how do you review something that you don't know how it works or have never tried? Concept. Uh, I, like I think it. it could be. It's almost kind of like, uh, I, if if it's overdone, you would almost be talking like slavery or indentured servitude. Where you're signing yourself up for indentured servitude. That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It actually, is basically. <laughs> so yeah, now that you're working as far, if I may, as far as this hush hush site. I give it a 10 out of 10 because it looks like I can borrow a Ferrari 488 Spider uh, in, in blue for $245. I'm going to add that to my car right now. No, you can't. It says You're it right here on this website. It's on sale. It used to be $279,000. <laughs> oh, it's only $245 if I also buy this $19 million yacht. Ah. <laughs> so the car comes with a yacht. Well, if I buy this yacht, I get a sale on this car. I hope that the car is I on see. the yacht as you buy it. You need to figure a way to get it off. Like, <laughs> like you buy the car, the boat's helicopter in and lift it off the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. That at that point, you have your own helicopter. You just basically pick it up. Yeah. If you're able to afford one of those yachts, I'm sure you can afford your own helicopter. That, I, I give feel it, like that is that bucket list material. Like I must get on one of those multi-million dollar yachts by the end of my life. And like, be on it at sea with somebody that owns it, not just at like a boat show or something. Okay, so you just want to be on the yacht. Your goal is just to be I physically know on a guy. the yacht, not not like own the yacht. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's never gonna happen. I'm I'm not. <laughs> I'm never owning a twenty million dollar yacht. That's just not a thing that's gonna happen. Kyle, these are these are over hundred million. The one that comes with the discounted car is nineteen million. Oh. Though. Gotcha. <laughs> I really just want the discount on the car. But I love that like there's properties on here too. Like you can buy a property in Beverly Hills for seventy two million. Like yeah, yeah, I've been really in the market for a and I just want to spend seventy two <laughs> million. I had two million to blow. What can I get for under that? I feel like if I was that rich, I would not go on that website. I would end up going to somebody whose job is to literally find me the these great exactly items at a good deal. Like I I would pay someone to do it for me, not go to hush hush myself. 
And that person starts with hush hush. Yeah, that person would turn around, go to hush hush, and be like, "We got a great deal." Right. <laughs> hey, that's well, all right. I have the money for it. I have right. the money for it. Next review. Three out of five. Nick's house. Brent and I got Ooh. to visit Nick's house uh, this weekend, and so I'm gonna review it. Number one, it is, the address is. No, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Let's get that list. Do you even remember what the address is, Kyle? That's no, the better question. No, but I'm sure my Google Maps remembers. Anyhow, I could not find um, it on a so, map. Uh, Nick's house is split into like two levels. There's like there's the two cards garage, which definitely has enough space in the back for some sort of future workshop kind of thing. It'll be a long and narrow thing, but it would definitely be able to be used as a workshop. And then his house is itself. Uh, the garage kind of goes into mudroom and then splits into two levels. Uh, the top level is like primary living room, kitchen, dining room to the right, and then a couple bedrooms and then two bathrooms to the left. And then downstairs to the right is another huge living room with a fireplace as well as a bar. And then to the left is like a big room, which Nick just currently uses for gaming. Uh, and then uh, there's like the water heater room and all and a little bit of storage area spaces downstairs. But personally, as far as and it sounded like Nick got a pretty good deal on it as well. So especially for uh, price to what you got, I would say it's at least a nine out of 10 for the price for what you got. It's definitely under the category of fixer upper, but in a good way where not too much is done with it that you wouldn't feel bad tearing into something to rearrange it to how you want. But it's also laid out in a way where you can easily change things if you want, if that makes any sense at all. I would say the one one out of the the other main thing bringing your house down is currently your backyard. I think uh, Nick said that the ba- it used to be a renter's apartment or something, and the back the backyard's big and all and and nice and has a lot of potential, but it's currently just kind of a mud pit and sound like there's some water issues in the backyard. So, but obviously that's all fixable stuff with the right people slash some some dirt and and. Uh, manpower but all in all sound looks i i I enjoyed staying your house i thought it was a good house and i think it has a lot of potential to be an even better house it's a good boy no i i would have to agree with what kyle said i'm gonna go just off of what i've experienced i'm gonna give it a uh 4.95 out of five uh in that um the one complaint i would have of everything that happened was I would wake myself up when I was sleeping. So I was on the bed upstairs and it had this big headboard. And a couple of times I woke myself up because when I'd roll over when I was sleeping, the headboard would like knock against the back. And it sounded like someone was knocking on the door and it woke woke me up a few times. But that's really not a big deal. That's not really the house either. I thought it was kind of funny. I was just like, (laughs) roll over and I'd be like, knock, knock, knock. Like, what? Is, Is someone trying to wake me up? Like, Nick, are you there? And then uh, it turned out it was just the headboard. But that's really, I mean, the house itself is beautiful, has a um, really nice neighborhood. Good neighborhood, yeah. But people might be speeding through your street a little <laughs> bit too much for my liking, <laughs> going 30 and a 25, you know, but me, me, a huge backyard, a really nice garage. That crawl space that you have underneath the stairs is super fun. And the bar has these beautiful lights on it that change colors with a 10 out of 10 button, for those lights for sure. And that, TV. which is super cool. Plus the host was a pretty cool dude too. So yeah, he was okay. 
I appreciate the reviews, gentlemen. The uh, backstory on those lights is I had uh, Kyle and Brent help me install the lights uh, while we hung out, as well as uh, mount a TV in the fireplace this last weekend. So a bit of a work work and play weekend gave us enough activities to uh, handle ourselves so we didn't uh, make any poor decisions, which we didn't. So that's good. Well, you know um, what they say, work hard, play hard. It's our motto. Apparently that's our motto now. Work hard, play <laughs> hard, play hard, pay good, pay good, live good, live good, die good. And that's die good. That's that's all you need. Don't you want to die hard, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vengeance. <laughs> All right, Dylan, have you seen the movie Sajam? I have not. <sighs> you tell me what it is about. It's a it's a superhero movie. So while we were waiting for Top Gun, oh. we went to this movie. It's a superhero movie based off of these. It's the one DC... with the kid. Yeah, and he's able to turn himself into an adult superhero. Yeah, by and, saying and Shazam. I, I, I went into it thinking like, I went in thinking DC. Oh gosh, like it's probably going to be look really promising because all the best parts are in the trailer. And I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. There was actually some good parts outside of the trailer. It was it was actually really entertaining. No, it was a really entertaining movie. Um, If you don't think too hard about the plot, you can really enjoy it. Um, There's a couple. The the plot, the movie is definitely an action comedy. It, It is not. Don't go to the movie for the plot. Uh, the plot, I don't think, is terrible. There's much worse movies or even superhero movies with plots, uh, <clears throat> Green Lantern. But the, <laughs> the the movie itself, I, I was surprised with it. Like, you know, it's a DC movie. So you, your standards are, you know, a little lowered than normal. But if you put uh, Wonder Woman as the best DC movie, this one would be right below it. Uh, besides that, ignoring the Dark Knight trilogy, that thing is on a, that's not DC, that's... Something else happened with that. <laughs> Something lucky happened. Yes. That one. There is a few things that I had to question that I thought were kind of goofy, but I don't want to say them because I feel like that's spoilers. And we tried doing a quick review of it just after the movie ourselves, and I spoiled a big point, I guess. So I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. I think that... Well, from what I saw in the commercials, I it's I my first impression was, great, another Green Lantern movie. Um so I I wasn't planning on going and seeing it just because it looked like it was one of those kind of ridiculous action hero movies. It's better than Green Lantern. I stopped so, watching yeah, Green Lantern. If I, may, I don't know through. if it's quite theater worthy, but if it's either cheap seat theater or DVD, it's definitely worth the DVD pickup. Absolutely. If I may, yeah, I'd take the same approach of, okay, this wasn't something I was excited to see. This wasn't something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I really want to make sure I see Shazam in theaters. It was purely, hey, we're going to be in this side of town for apparently five or six hours based on Top Golf's waiting Might list. Might as well kill three of those. I do here, boys. And it was, oh, well, movies, great. That's a good idea. That'll burn time. And what's playing right now? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Already seen it, and Shazam. <laughs> Shazam a shot. And it, it was, it was, it was okay. I mean, it was good. I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a movie buff in a lot of ways, and I, I went in with expectations, and those expectations were met in most ways, and maybe even six exceeded. Excuse me. In in some others, it was. Um, a bit of a comedy twist, uh, nothing special. Kids would love it. If, if you have 
kids that are um, not quite teenagers yet, but old enough to appreciate middle a superhero. School, older elementary school, middle school. They I will say there were a couple of terrifying moments, but there not was nothing bad. terrifying in the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> that boardroom scene was kind of scary. But I'm also very wimpy, so... I think the opening was almost the quote-unquote scariest part because you weren't... Like, it. the opening of the movie is definitely a different tone than the rest of the movie. The opening of the movie is very serious and a little darker than the rest of the movie. Uh, as far as the comedy goes, I thought the comedy was good. Uh, I know a lot of, ch- like, TV or movies or TV shows that our comedies force a lot of jokes that just aren't funny. I don't think this one really did that. I think everything that they said... Comedy wise, at least got a little bit of a chuckle. You know, it's, you know, some of it's more funny than other, but others, but none of it was like, why did they even put that in there? Like that was stupid. So uh, out of 10, I would give Shazam a seven, seven and a half, somewhere in that range, uh, especially considering my expectations going into it. Yeah, I I go with the, I give it a, a four out of five because. I haven't Four been to a movie five. theater. I haven't That's been eight out of ten, dude. Eight out of ten. I could do the double math, but I like the I like being different. <laughs> no, I like I liked the movie theater experience. I haven't been to a movie theater in a long time. The movie you entertained me. The theater we went to was janky or like haunted. Oh, it was looking? super creepy. It was pretty creepy. Like I was I. I will also say got the, separated the, from the group, so I w- might have been alone <laughs> in a movie theater. Very in scary. a movie theater that was pretty dark and very long hallways. Uh. And it was okay. That, that part was, but I, I did enjoy just watching a movie on the big screen. There weren't many people in the theater, so it wasn't like they were talking too much. And I did it. The movie kind of entertained all the way through, which for two hours is hard to do. So that got me a four or five. Nick, what'd you think? Oh, I, I gave it a six out of, out of 10. Um, it was above 500. If, if my expectations are are five, um, I will I will say it slightly exceeded my expectations. No, no, it was not a great movie. Uh, arguably, it may not have even been a a good movie. But with the expectations, it was definitely a good movie. I put it in good movie category. Definitely not okay. great. I, I'm, I'm just above five hundred. Is my 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 thought? If somebody guys, asked, uh... should I watch it? I'd say yeah. Go ahead and watch it. Oh. It's watchable. Okay. I don't think you should watch it. So it's one of those movies that you should just wait for it to come out on Netflix. Like you can watch it, but don't pay for it. Probably yes. Okay. If you watch the trailer and like the trailer, you'll like the movie. I think that's a fair statement. Agree with that. Okay. So if that's uh, your thing, if you if you enjoy that, yes. Did you guys read about this fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris? Yeah, I saw that at lunch today. That's I like I'm reading it right now and it's it's I didn't realize how much of the roof burned. Um apparently apparently they were able to get most of the artwork out of the cathedral before it got destroyed, including the um Jesus Christ crown. Apparently they have the, the um the crown he wore in the in the cathedral. Apparently they were able to get that out too. That's kind of interesting. It sounds like a lot of the other, some of the other easily damageable stuff was already out of the church because they were in, in the process of doing renov- renovations. So that's also good. Like they, they definitely 
did what they could to save the stuff inside of the church, which is, I mean, good for them. I don't know if they had a plan going into that or if somebody just made the call and they just did it really quick and saved what they could. But I would say it sounds like whoever's in charge of the church did a great job mm. of saving what they knew they for sure could save. So this is, if I may, this is going to be a bit of a tangent. I apologize in advance, but when I look at something like that, (laughs) thanks. Uh, When I look at something like that, that's like a historical uh, point of reference. It's not such a tragedy to me. Like there are people who are going to get worked up. Like this is the end of the world. And I cannot believe this would happen. And there is no God because this fire happened or whatever. I don't know. People are overreacting a lot. But my my thought is, I, and, and I know I'm different and different people have different approaches. I'm not sentimental. Uh, like I, I can appreciate things, but I don't hold on to the Kleenex that the first girlfriend I ever had dropped in fourth grade that I picked up because I loved her. Like it, there's so many sentimental things. And when I look at, And just what kind of triggered my train of thought here was, okay, they saved the crown, the crown of that that Christ allegedly wore. Number one, I don't know the history, so maybe I'm forgetting something here, but did Jesus ever wear a crown? Like, I feel like that wasn't his thing, unless it was the crown of thorns. I'm familiar with that. That's exactly what Dylan's talking about. Yes, that's what I was talking about. Aren't thorns a thorn bush, truly? Um, If it had existed that long ago, wouldn't it have deteriorated? Probably. So what is this crown actually made of? Maybe maybe it was coated in wax and preserved. I don't know. (laughs) I I haven't been there. We'll we'll move past. Nick, let's move past the religion thing. Uh, We don't have time for that. We have Game of Thrones to get to. Just the sentimental aspect. What what does that bring society? What is the sentimental value of a crown that um, George Washington wore or Jesus Christ wore? What, what good does that bring to society? I, I understand history is there and we need to learn from it and that's all great. But what good does that actually do? Is it actually a loss to anybody for a crown like just, that to have been lost? Like have you ever decided to go to a museum and paid to go to a museum? I certainly have not. Uh, I've been to museums, but it was never my decision. Okay. Child. Then I guess... Uh, to be fair, uh, and no offense, but I don't think you understand then. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I got a good cut on this one. Uh, obviously if this stuff doesn't matter to you, it doesn't matter to you. Um, I, like, I guess I'm under a similar thing as far as, yes, I understand it's not necessarily a travesty per se. Like nobody, as far as I know, anyway, nobody died, nobody got injured or hurt or anything. Like it's just stuff. But the stuff that it, it's an icon of the city, it's stuff that has has history with the city. It's like the, our, the United States Declaration of Independence. Uh, like, would you want that to burn up? Like, probably wouldn't, not. I it's, wouldn't. I wouldn't be offended if it did. It it, it served its purpose. It's a it, see. I I just those kinds of relics, for lack of a better term, that are deemed holy or deemed important to the government or or whatever like okay they're nice but i just don't see the value okay, I'll, 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 well, well, wait on. wait if i may though would the value not necessarily be that value the item to you itself but maybe the value that other people have value with this item so once that they value it be 
of value in itself. <laughs> and then the- you're, you're try- Brent, <laughs> no. that's a terrible reasoning to try to put at Nick if he's already not caring yeah, at all exactly about relics. I think the thing to get with um, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame and the thing that gets it too is I personally haven't been there. I, I don't know if any of you have had the chance. Have, has anyone seen no, and I, I Cathedral? I think the big loss is not ever being able to see it in its original beauty, unless they can fix it. Um, well, and it's that never going to be original. No, no, that's true. It's been around for a thousand. And what? Well, that's the other thing too. Like fires have happened. Technically, the White House has been burnt down twice. Like oh. this stuff happens throughout history, and they do rebuild it, and now it's the new history. And what happened yeah. to it is history. But uh, it, it it sucks that the history that was there is now gone for the people that do care about it and do want to see it. Like I, I think the first ever movie I remember seeing in movie theaters was the hunchback in Notre Dame. So I don't know. Like I, it's hunchback. Notre Dame is not one of the top five or top <laughs> 10 Disney movies, but it's still you like review the hunchback of Notre Dame right now. Um, <laughs> uh, seven out of 10. I don't remember. Moving I haven't on. seen it in, I've seen, I watched it too long ago for me to even, give a review on it uh, so today but, it's terrible but i was in my mind anyway i would never actually do it considering doing a post online when the bad guy is singing like the hellfire desire like he's in front of a fireplace and it's all you. burning <laughs> and then have that and then like that's so the, bad the God, below it burning be like too so soon question mark <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh is frodo okay that's too much. That would be so good. <laughs> yeah, I think if we were it's one much. of those things that would go viral, but I would not be the person to put that on the internet as a thing I for people to like. Send me a link. I will. <laughs> Just, if I, and, uh, <laughs> Nick, I see. I see your point and what like how you view th- how your old relics like you were talking about. Um, but I think for me, like I think the building i appreciate more like the building and the architecture and it's it's sad to me to think that something that old and that someone like people have hand built and it's just something to really appreciate has just burned down probably due to some electrical fire because they're doing maintenance on it yeah the thing was 2000 some years old and it took 300 years to construct when it was originally made it's just like think about that 300 years there's a lot of effort i wanted it to burn down here i'm just (laughs) yeah i know you're saying the, you don't the care. idea that people are crying and sobbing and the world will never be the same. I'm sorry, this isn't the Twin Towers at 9-11. Like it's okay, nobody died as so far that we know. Yes, it's a tragedy that it's a landmark that was lost, but at the same time, they're gonna rebuild it. It sucks. How did it start? Avoid it in the future. I'm I'm just too practical for this. I don't I don't think I've seen anyone comparing it to 9-11. Well, no, no, but again, comparing different events, like people are actually like, I've seen posts, you know, saying this is a tragedy and this is world news. It needs to be watched. It's like, uh, okay, there's just not a whole lot going on in the world that's grabbing people's attention. So so speaking of grabbing attention, there was something that grabbed my attention this week. Uh, And also speaking of old relics. It's perfect. An old relic that grabbed my attention. Tiger Woods at the Masters, pulling out the victory 14 years if after I'm oh, I major win. Brent's like, transitions. Oh. 10 out of 10. I saw that coming, Brent. Oh my gosh. I just, it, it fit perfectly. <laughs> Not quite. But I will say, watching Tiger storm back to win was 
compelling. I just kept saying the word compelling to probably everyone's annoyance uh, who was around me of, wow, why does this guy keep saying compelling? Because I was like, this is really compelling TV. It just so you couldn't take your eyes off anytime Tiger swang or swung the clubs. Um, anytime he went for a putt when the guy he was playing against, who I've already forgotten his name because he's no longer relevant, you know, uh, hit it in the water a couple of times to give Tiger the lead. It just was compelling. I had to watch it and I, I'm happy for the guy. Everyone loves a good redemption story. I don't know if he's fully redeemed yet in my mind, um, as uh, at least not as much as people say, but the fact that it could get uh, someone in their 26 who really has no interest in golf uh, to actually sit and watch it for over an hour is hats off, man. Hats off. Brent, Brent the man's a legend, all right? Yes. Uh, like, all right, so I didn't get to watch hat. the end. He had his own hat on. <laughs> I didn't get to watch the end, which is disappointing. I watched it when I was watching. It was like, he was probably like 13th or 14th place. Like, he was behind. And then for me to like find out the next day that he won, and I was just like, "What? He came back that much to win it? Like, there's, I was like, there's no way. I, I was like, di- kind of disappointed. I think, I think Tiger Woods has redeemed himself. Like everyone makes mistakes, and his was very costly. He, he paid a lot. Plus, he also had like, like back surgery and stuff. He had like two or three uh, vertebrae fused together. And for a professional yeah. golfer, that is a huge deal alone, much less the come back and win two years in a row, like social stuff you went through and, you know, family stuff and all that. So hold yeah. on here. If I may, gentlemen, little little perspective here, because this is something that ESPN and other generic news people who we had seven minutes to cover Game of Thrones if we didn't want to keep it under an hour. But continue. Okay, you'll get the really, really, really summarized version. People are asking whether or not he's redeemed. I, I think that's a stupid question, uh, simply because if he had like been drunken driving and been in an accident and hurt his back, had the issues, and he was able to crawl back and suffer and then come through and, and win him another Masters, okay, that would be a redemption. You know, he crawled back, he suffered, it was his own thing, he only hurt himself. And he he overcame all of that to make a a redemption of himself. He would be redeemed if that were the case. That's not what happened. Shamed or or you know, shunned by the the limelight was because he cheated on his wife a lot with a lot of Denny's waitresses is the uh, overarching statement from what I understand. And I don't need the full details and I don't know the full details, but to say that him winning the masters and putting it all together is redeeming of his cheating on his wife and everything that went on there, I I think is just a a silly statement. Either you like the guy or you don't. And a lot of women don't because of the cheating. Um, So a lot of guys just focus on the golf. I guess number one, I never said that he's redeemed himself. I think it's cool that he was able to win another one. Uh, It's definitely, if I had to pick my favorite golfer, it would have to be him only because I literally know no other golfer names. Like somebody will say like, Oh, what about Phil? So-and-so and be like, yeah, okay. I've heard of that one, but I could not off the top of my head, name another golfer. The oh, shade John on Daly. Right there. John Daly is the only other one I can name because the Pat McAfee Arnold show. Palmer. Only well, reason. I don't, I wasn't really saying that he redeemed himself because he won. Nope, I, heard I was it. more saying, <laughs> All right, well, I, I mentioned the redemption story. It's, it's, it. 
Well, right. Both of you did. And I'm not holding it against you personally. That's that's the the media and what they're saying. And it's because Tiger is good for golf and it's all about the money and golf. Like Brent said, um, someone who's not interested in golf, knows nothing of golf, knows Tiger Woods. And we found ourselves watching it because it was the premier sporting event going on at that time. We're not huge fans. And it was it was fun to watch. And that doesn't happen unless Tiger's winning. Uh, it's it's a phenomenon. But um, you guys fell in the trap uh, of that the media has set that, oh, yeah, by the way, he's crawled back against the odds, I, uh, despite the physical stuff, to say that he is redeemed. And, and I just wanted to make that point that I actually that don't he's, think he quite redeemed himself. I, I didn't believe he quite redeemed, but on the golf course, golf, you are on the golf course, he redeemed. Golf, clarifying, but you you were implying that somehow playing golf and winning would quote unquote redeem him. If you're talking uh, redemption, playing golf should not be in the equation. That's my, that's my pedestal statement. Off, and I'm walking off on that. that until game of Thrones. <laughs> all right. That's not really how I meant that to come off. What I was yeah, saying is that he, first off, he obviously had to pay a fortune. Uh, and not saying that makes up for his mistakes, but I'm, but I'm the, per, I'm the type of person that gives multiple chances and, Obviously, he dealed with he dealt with a lot of personal issues, um, especially with his wife and these people. Like, I I think everyone deserves a second chance, and I don't know how many chances you got because I don't know the whole story. But I don't know. I just I'm proud of him because he went through all of that and still was able to uh, come out on top, even though I had no faith in him in this ma- this last one. And and I honestly enjoyed seeing when when Tiger was in his heyday. I remember growing up watching him and just the way he can sway a crowd. The way that golf was was cool. There's you know this guy who's young, winning everything, and people get rowdy. There's a story that I always hear. Uh, my my right, mom's let's, let's not go to stories. Network. It's a really quick story. It's really quick. It just shows this way of Tiger. Four minutes doing quick story. It's fine. We can go an extra few minutes. I want to hear your story. So Tiger Woods in his heyday was playing some tournament, hits it beyond like behind a rock. He can, if the rules say if you can move the impediment, like you can move the rock, you can move it. Otherwise, you take a stroke to move your ball all the way. Well, Tiger had so much sway that he got people like the whole crowd of people to lift, like a bunch of people to go lift the rock, this giant boulder, Just move and his move rock it off him. the course so he could continue going. And I, I think <laughs> we saw that Tiger a little bit this weekend and that's, that's what I gotta say and I, I thought that was really cool Game of Thrones it's time oh I got it it's queued it's ready okay where do we number one spoilers are about to begin there's about to be spoilers if you have not caught up with season 8 episode 1 it's time for you to leave you missed the outro but that's okay you're also then able to miss Game of Thrones talk if you've not seen it already this is your warning we're starting Game of Thrones now Nick I know out of all of us you are likely the most Game of Thrones person kick us off subject matter expert yeah okay <laughs> is the music cut it was kind of cutting it out and as far as what I could hear I'm assuming it all worked yes I cut uh, the music it worked yes Game of Thrones season 8 episode 1 dropped on Sunday night at approximately 8 American time central um 
the episode was just over an hour long, uh, barely, and uh, was a beginning to the season. Uh, it, it it was it had a lot of ups and downs, and I've I've been actually listening to reviews all day of of the episode, and uh, a lot of my initial thoughts were touched on by the various reviews. I'll try and give you a very quick summary. Um, the writing has marginally improved from last season, but the technique they used was they gave a lot of silence. Uh, instead of having characters open up their mouth and say something stupid because it wasn't written by George R. R. Martin, uh, there were a lot of silent moments and silent communications and, and kind of quick points. Uh, they started the season with Tyrion Lannister making a ball joke, um, which he's... Uh-huh. he's that character is better than that. And that character is being made to look a fool in this season, less so than last season. What uh, you going to do? Act a fool. Sorry. Had to Peter. Din- you're good. Uh, you're using Peter Dinklage because he is a, a huge character in last season. They, they crapped the bed as far as not using him. And um, they're, they're touching with him a little bit more and that's good. They're creating uh, all kinds of drama before the the White Walkers are coming south. Uh, the new entry was a big deal. A um, lot of lot of white noise. A uh, lot of lot of different things occurring, and a, a lot of what I will call silly budget decisions. They had a great scene where uh, the dragons were involved, and we can have some spoilers, but I'm going to try and limit it. Um, just we know we're going to screw up and say we, something. Look, we, how about the, for, for Game of Thrones talk? We know there's going to be spoilers. Why don't we just go? We can do whatever spoiler we want. That's why we preface the segment so much. We just have to make sure we preface it. There will be spoilers and we're good. You can go into whatever so, details you like. One of the biggest events in the books. And that makes it more fun for us anyway. Sorry. Biggest events in the books and one of the biggest events that could have or should have been in the episode was John riding a dragon. And this should have been, you know, something epic, something amazing Um, in the books and in the lore of Game of Thrones and that whole world. um, Like some and I'm I'm making a stupid percentage to make my point, like 95 percent of people are not capable of riding a dragon because the dragon will just eat them. And because the Targaryens share blood with the dragons, uh, because the, the Targaryens share blood with the dragons, um, they can communicate with them enough to form a bond. And it, sometimes it works. Uh, a lot of the time it doesn't throughout the history of Westeros, if you've read any of that. And to have it taken from this huge thing where John would be riding the dragon named after his father to, uh, oh yeah, babe, go ahead, hop on. Let's go on a date. Yeah, if I may real ding, quick, ding. I fully agree that the dragon scene the buildup to it was perfect. They had John see the dragons last, you know, last season. And then the first little bit of this episode, I think even maybe at the end of last season, he interacted a little bit with the dragons, like being able to reach out and touch them without the dragon freaking out and killing him. So the buildup was perfect. But yeah, the reason of the writing was literally to go on a date and to make love behind a waterfall. And it was weak. It should have been, to go to battle, there should have been a better reason for him to have to learn to ride that dragon at that at whenever he had to do it. Yeah, some if I may, sense of urgency, anything would have been huge. Go ahead, sorry. If I may, uh, the whole scene with him actually like riding the dragon, 
I felt was epic. I thought it was a super cool, and he obviously struggled riding it. It was his first time. But the whole scene with him learning to ride the dragon, I thought was really cool. I agree. And I just think the reason he had to ride the dragon or did ride the dragon was silly. Uh, did, did any of you guys kind of cringe during this episode? Or you kind of knew, like, obviously we know there's some, like, like family relationship between John and Daenerys. Did any of you guys kind of have that cringe moment where, like, you know that they're, like, blood-related, but they obviously don't know when they're doing all these things, like, as a couple, but you know that they're actually, like, related? I, I guess I personally don't cringe at that because, number one, they look so different. It, like, they don't look brother-sister. And number one, I think because they don't know and they have literally grown worlds apart, they didn't... It, I, I don't know. I don't think it's as big of a deal as some people on the internet. And Juliana even was like, but aren't they related? I'm like, yes. Like Daenerys is technically John's aunt, but like, I if know. I may that as part of the story, if you know the history of Westeros, the Targaryens have interbred uh, consistently throughout their line. That's why a lot of them turned out to be crazy, but that's, that's just the world that George R.R. R. Martin has created, where these characters, it's what they do. And even Incest though this one's unintentional, even though it's in, unintentional on their part, like I don't waste time wor- like comparing reality to what's story. going on. Yeah. Right. Because I could sit here and you know take apart any fictional story and be like, can you believe an elf would ever kiss a dwarf from uh, whatever uh, movie <laughs> oh, that dude. was? absolutely Um, true they would never do the rings it's it's like okay you can sit here and get upset about you know some aspect of a story but guys it's just a story like if if you want to cringe you can and sure that there may be drama that people are reading into but i mean if if that's your focus there's so much more to to get wrapped up in to be to be fair to the writers wasting time if i may to be fair to the writers and george r R. martin Game of Thrones, I think, is in general one of as- one of its greatest aspects is whether, like, to kind of test your moral compass, like who oh, is yeah. good, who is bad. You know, there's a point like even right now, Jamie, he's he showed his good side, but before, like, you know, midway through season seven, is he good or a bad guy? I don't actually know. Like, I used to hate his guts. Now I kind of like him, but I don't know if I should. So like, there's a lot of moral compass testing throughout Game of Thrones, and I think that the this aspect is just one part of that. Where some people, it's going to test them more than other people. Did you guys have a certain specific scene in this episode that you uh, thought was like amazing, like really well done? Sorry, I like wrote down like a whole bunch of notes on this, this, and this is awesome. questions that I want to ask. Perfect. <laughs> you're, you're keeping it going, but, Brent. You go for, for this one. Oh, scene I thought was well done. Or just uh, obviously, where you have Arya, that beginning opening scene where Arya is kind of mirroring um, the whole beginning of the show where they all came in and they followed the little umber boy through the, the trees like Bran used to be and he's climbing. I was like, it was a nice little throwback. I, I thought that was well done. The reunion between Arya and Jon, I thought was well done it showed a lot of character growth from both of them but at the base you could still see two characters that really liked each other from the get-go and that's still there 
Um, but just don't if, know each other anymore. Yeah, but they don't if know I may, each other. There was which a lot cool. of there was a lot of reunions. I think two of like to kind of go off of like favorite scenes. I think this episode was a lot of reunions. Like it, it was, you know, one of the main repeating themes of the episode, which was the kind of the same for season one. Like the very first episode was a lot of reunions. Like people haven't seen each other in a while and we're about to go do some shit. So like, I, I like that. I think the Sansa um, Tyrion one, uh, like them talking on the balcony there, that was super interesting. Like that was one of my, I would say top one yeah, or two. Was like, like, I, like, I the hound. I always thought you were the smartest person in the world. The like, Hound had a lot of reunions in this episode, too. The Arya one was really the only one that mattered, though, I thought. Yeah. Well, the, the Brent, did you watch the after credits where they basically talked, uh, where they talked about all the different scenes and they went through the, this episode and kind of explained everything? I didn't. I, I didn't get okay, a Okay, well, the first thing they talk about is actually that scene that you're talking about with Arya, and, the, and basically they... They actually purposely recreated it from the very first season, and in this one, it was um, it was different by Arya seeing this little boy wanting to see the soldiers, and then Arya stood aside so this so the boy could see. Because she so wanted was to get of, through, and she couldn't when she was a kid. When one. she was a little, yep. Yeah, so it just seemed really it seemed really well thought out. Uh, I guess another scene that stood out was they had this really beautiful scene. Um, they had like John and Daenerys riding on this dragon through these mountains. I thought that was super beautiful. No, I'm just giving you guys a hard time about that. Do you have one. a specific scene that you liked? Um, yeah, the one where we get to see Ghost. <laughs> There's no Ghost in Episode One. Oh no, yeah. but that's the point. Ghost so is a my, ghost. You can't. That's see my him. troll moment where I sit here and say, okay. The, the dragon flying scene was cool, but it didn't progress the plot at all. And I still haven't seen Ghost. And as a Ghost loyalist, I'm sitting here like, okay, you have all this budget and all Nick, this money. If and, I may, real quick, Nick literally has a dog named Ghost because of Ghost. True. I, so I think... you, you wasted all this money and all this budget for a scene of John riding a dragon that was beautiful and, and well done, yes. However, it didn't advance the plot, and it actually took away from what could have been a, an epic moment, as we already touched on. So well, I thought that I John... Mean, that, was, that whole thing was just because we're in this beautiful location filming, let's get pretty scenery picture because we can do it. Somebody flew a like drone. Was, they just threw it in there. They, I feel like it was just thrown in. It didn't seem, yeah. So, right. Go ahead. It was, yeah, it was stupid. And yeah, the, the John Arya scene was, was done nicely. Um, they did some more time warping, unfortunately, because they started out with uh, the, the uh, Ned Umber kid in Winterfell, and then they sent him to the last hearth. And then they had uh, Tormund and the other guys going through the last, last hearth and finding the kid was killed uh, by the White Walkers. And, kind of a cool fiery scene they do and, and i thought that was a cool scene i thought the scooby-doo-esque-ness of wandering through the castle and being like that was oh good. he's got yeah, blue that was eyes hilarious. like it was it was always had blue eyes it was it was funny but at the same time ed and tormund who have built a relationship necessarily 
in this story so far. So, I mean, it was a funny comic relief kind of thing. And then they did a really good job where um, the boy's eyes open up in the background. Like it's blurry in the background. If I may real quick on that one, it was obvious that was going to happen. And those guys knew you have to burn the body. That's the only body there. It it was, I saw it. Like the moment they went out there and saw that boy. That was my second favorite scene. That was my second favorite scene. It was so obvious. No, no, no. These guys have been fighting these things. They their entire lives. A lot of the people for the the black on the watch. They know that any dead body can turn into a white walker. It was stupid for them to not instantly kill that thing. Kyle, that was like that scene. I totally did not. First off, I was focusing on legs and stuff around him, and and I didn't even catch it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, his eyes are open. His eyes are open. like. I had like I was not prepared, and it literally got me. I was not, and then obviously it got them all. Like, I I thought that was an amazing scene. Uh, my most favorite scene from that episode was um where Daenerys told Sam that his parents were killed or that his dad was that killed. That was a good scene. That was a good uh, scene because Sam's acting in that scene was so good. I was I like, what's that? a very good scene and yeah, the other actor did an amazing job that was that was my most favorite scene in that episode because well, it was like, so good yeah because you have the mixed emotion where his dad and him don't get along he's the like his dad's a lot of the reason he's like in the situation he is in and why he's been kind of beaten down his whole life so like when the dad dies there's you know there's the sadness but there's the I'm, i think i'm okay with that like like i don't know there's then, so many emotions that, but the brother when you hear about the, the brother, brother. rushed him. That was the killer. Because even back when they were having the scenes in that in the family house or whatever, like the brother and him got along. The brother loved him. Yep, that scene was so good and so well done that I. That's definitely my number one scene in that episode was was Sam. All right, I have it, one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was gonna move on to you. Go. I have one quip about the episode. One major quip. How are they gonna feed the army? Like they asked the question, they, you're and right. they just like they cut didn't away. Answer that at all. They didn't answer it all. I'm like, what? What's the point of saying that if you're not going to like explore? Like, if that's not. I really hope it, they just... revisit that because when they said that, I'm like, thank you. There's a movie or film that actually thinks about these smaller things that they're not going to are never it, shown. And then they're they're they just answer it though. Yeah, it, it, it grounded the scene. I thought a lot as far as providing you know real life context and real life problems. However. I think it's just going to be glazed over after they grounded you with it just to say that, okay, yep. Um, feeding people is going to be tough, but if we all dive to the night King uh, without the army, there's really no point. It's not going to be anyone to feed anyway. So well, I, I hope people start deserting maybe in future episodes or something. Cause there's not enough food or something to give it a little bit more consequence beyond just something yeah, random. Santa said this sounds smart. Yeah. The writers, the writers, when George R. R. Martin wasn't providing the material, the writers don't have consequence. There's too many red shirts thrown into it, which is a Star Trek terminology. Uh, too many red shirts thrown into it, and too many people, people have gold, plot protection. Sl- the yellow was much more likely to die on a mission. Yeah, you said that before, and I still think it's I said that. Not, <laughs> I said that not on the podcast, though. I don't think. No. Yeah. No. So you get to found, sound snarky on the podcast. So yep, I, I can sound but, snarky. Yeah. I, I, I watched but, the YouTube uh, video, and they went into it, and... You're actually more like the, the main, yellow shirt. The main characters have too much plot protection, 
and they throw in these uh, vague characters like last season uh, when they had uh, they went north of the wall to get the White Walker to uh, bring it back to the Queens to review. They just brought in some anonymous wildlings that happened to volunteer for the you know a suicide mission essentially. And of course, wouldn't you know it, every one of them happened to die, but all the other main characters had too much plot protection. Yeah, the one wizard Whereas historically, dude or whatever dies, and that's the only named character that dies. And it's like, yeah. yes, I, I know of him, he was in the plot more than everything else, but I don't really care. Where historically, if a mistake was made by a character, there were dire consequences. Like, you don't have a, a loss like Rob Stark just... Uh, happen like it's it has to be thought out like there should have been like when's the last time there was a new character added I think Built they just did it this away. year uh, I think this first episode I think they did add like the captain of the gold army I think he's going to come yeah. and play later uh, oh, he's true. the only one I can think did of you catch his added. name I did not no but you don't you're not going to get an Oberyn Martell where he has this whole story, this whole backline. You sympathize with him having lost everything and how he's here to get revenge and these great monologues and speeches from this character only to have it ripped from your soul at the last second. Like, none of that happens. Like, well, these writers did, are garbage. They did say his name, and I think he will play a bigger role. So that captain of the, of the Gold Army, I think he'll play a big role. All right, all right. So I want to end. I want to end this because I know we have to wrap up. With a question, I saw the preview for next week, and they showed that Aria was going to shoot somebody with an arrow or something like that. I didn't really watch too closely. Um, who do you think is the person that's going to die next up? Did you say Aria? Was it Aria or Aria? Oh, wait, uh, yeah, I'm they just were going to. Someone's getting needle. shot, or someone's getting killed next episode. Who's it going to be? Oh, uh, so I'm not sure. Wonder. I know what's the name of uh, what's the name of the. Is it Bran, Sir Bran of the Goldwater or whatever? I can't think oh, of it. Oh, Bran, yeah, Bran. But but he was tasked out with killing the Lannister, the brothers. Yep. I, I thought maybe that's where you were going with it, but I I'm not. I, now that I think about it, Arya did didn't she just get a bow or some weapon made? Yeah, she had some special weapon. Made. Yeah, she had Gendry make her whatever was on that paper, which it kind of looked like something I didn't separate really into it. two parts. But I did, yeah, again, I didn't really know exactly what it was. So maybe yeah. it's some projectile something. I don't know. It looked like it had dragon glass on it. Do we know in the preview for next uh, episode, if they showed that the tip of her arrow was uh, the uh, dragon glass or not? Well, they, when they Gendry was making all these. I, yeah, I know he was making them, but he I'm was wondering pumping if her out arrow, arrows. I'm wondering if her arrow was dragon glass or a standard arrow. Cause if it's dragon not, glass, Maybe somebody she knows gets turned and she has to kill them. Oh, maybe. That's a good point. All right. So walkers again. I have one last note on here, and it was, uh, how do you guys think the North will take to Jamie Lannister's trading side? That was actually one of the scenes I was going to mention as one of my favorites because of the fact that Bran was waiting the entire episode for an old friend. And at the end of the episode, you saw that that person he was waiting for was Jamie. So if Bran knows that they need Jamie for something and can convince his siblings of that, I think he's going to be okay. But I, I think Jamie would be a great asset to oh, the North, for sure. obviously. So I'm not, I'm not sure how everyone's going to take to another Lannister. I mean, obviously they 
kind of embrace Tyrion, but I think well, he's also I, I'm not really it. sure. It's the earning it thing, right? Yeah, right, right. Nick, what do you got gets... on the Bran back after Brent says what he was going to say? I think he gets Tyrion killed. I feel like Jamie is going to get Tyrion. Like Tyrion's running out of straws. I th- I think maybe that's my bold prediction. Well, both Maybe of I'm them wrong. are being hunted now. Both of them are traitors, according to. But they're both buddies with the the one guy, the the guy that's hunting them. Yeah, that's true. But I'm thinking like good buddies with Starks him. So I don't know. Him. I think it's over. Do you think the Starks will kill him? I think so. I think he's a popular character. Getting him killed in the second episode would be really, really. They also shocking. showed him last season when he dropped his bag of coins when he was going to go shoot the dragon. He's not caring as much about money anymore. He, he's mm-hmm. he's becoming attached to people and actually potential for camaraderie and you know kind of family kind of thing. I don't think he dropped the coins on purpose. He didn't drop the coins just... on purpose, but there's like a specific pause where he looks at the coins, looks at the crossbow, and just shakes his head and goes for oh, the crossbow right. when he could have and grabbed the coins Jamie. and just got out of there. You're right. So I'd like to uh, make it glaringly obvious what's going to happen for you guys. All right. Remember yeah. in the earlier seasons with Tyrion Lannister and Bronn and their adventures, and Tyrion is marching off really confident after you know talking with Bronn for a while, and uh, he basically tells him, "Hey, remember, tell me uh, if they ever have a price, I'll pay double." Do you I think, like being, oh, you I think like that, being alive. You think uh, Bran will join Tyrion and Jamie? No. No doubt at all. Oh, you think you will? Tyrion's going to double and, the and chests of gold. Tyrion's Tyrion's not going to die um, in the first three episodes. Um, I don't he, think Jamie will either. Big I'd like to see that. I would like have, to see it. If you have a little more knowledge of the lore. Now, I might eat my words because these writers are horrible. But if you have a little more knowledge of the lore and everything that's supposed to happen, um, there's zero chance of either of those two characters dying in the next episode. Maybe. Uh, in a crazy twist uh, in episode three, the, when they have the battle for Winterfell, but not in number two. I can see that. I'm super excited. You got to have Jamie on trial the whole episode. You don't just put him on trial and kill him. He doesn't venture north all that way to show up at the end of one, have a trial at two, and yeah, he's not going to die in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. No, I mean, no, the no. writers are bad. They're not that bad. I mean, that's just not plausible. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. So that was episode 44 of If I May. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, there's a new episode every Thursday. You can support us. There's some available. You can sus- subscribe, share, rate, and review. Uh, if you want to get in t- contact with us uh, to give ideas about topics you want to hear in the future episodes, you can DM us on Twitter um, at ZaraBust or email ZaraBust at gmail.com. Uh, have a great Thursday, and we'll see you next week.